Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning and welcome to Slugging It. Uh, Eugene and I here with you this morning um, and joined by, well, a a hero of English cricket, Um, a good friend to Eugene and I through our work with the Lord's Taverners. Uh, Incredibly excited to welcome Mike Gatting, OBE, to the podcast. Thanks so much for your time, Mike. Morning, John. Good morning, Eugene. Very nice to be here. Um, uh, And the sun's out there shining, which is very nice. We haven't got any snow yet, fortunately. (laughs) <laughs> no, a lot warmer indoors than it is outdoors. I was saying to Simon this morning when I had a conversation with him, it, it, certainly where I am in the Midlands, it looks like it might be 8 or 10 degrees outside, but then you open the front door and get basically kicked in the nuts by this Arctic cold that we seem to be have at the moment, and it's an absolute nightmare. But, uh, yeah, I shan't, I shan't be venturing too far this morning. Um, as we always start, Mike, just a, a brief overview. Everybody who loves cricket and listens to the podcast is obviously aware of Mike Gatting and who you are and your, your history in the game. Uh, maybe not how you started in the game. Can you give us a bit of an insight as to you know where your love of the game started from, whether that be school or family? Well, well I suppose um, um, my love of it really started. Um, I suppose just just being out outside and being able to whack a ball. I think you know, being able to hit something or or kick something or you know, it, it, it just like you know, wanting to do something. So when we went on holidays and we played down on the beach and you'd see other people playing cricket or football, um, you know. We sort of joined in and played, and that was it. Um, but I suppose really where a lot of it started, um, my mother and father um, worked for, 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 well, my mother's worked for, for Smith Industries, and, and my dad actually built planes in a place called Pricklewood. Um, and really? um, so he was an aircraft fitter. And, they, and, and this big company called Hanley Pages had a sports ground, which was uh, up near the Welsh Harp uh, on the A406 nearby. Um, by the big shopping centre um, uh, on the North Circular Road near Neesden, Hendon, round there. Um, so it was Brent Cross, basically, as a shopping centre. But um, and we 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 sort of managed to find ourselves up there because mum and dad did an extra job because they had two young kids 
and then do the extra job at weekend. So they became the student stewardess of the club. So they were up there sort of, you know, okay. most of the East sort of from, you know, 10 o'clock through till 10 o'clock in the evening, like the weekend. Um, sometimes a bit later than that, but, you know, it was it was fine for us because they had tennis, they had bowls, they had a sailing club, they had loads of fields around to play. They played cricket, they played football, there was archery in the winter, they did dog training and all sorts of things. So we were there every weekend, if you like, from, from a very young age with grown-ups. So there's always equipment. There's always a ball. The bats obviously came up to about here and the pads did as well. But, you know, we had loads of stuff to play with. So, you know, when they talk about how, how, how do people start off, if you can start a kid off with a bat and a ball at a very early age, it's amazing how quickly um, they, they do it, and especially if you're playing with grown-ups as well. They always throw out a bit quicker than they used to. So when you get to age group cricket, it's all a bit sort of slow because you've been facing or playing with, obviously, people who are faster, quicker, stronger. And that was the case with the football, to be fair, as well, with Steve obviously going to play for Arsenal. But the real the real sort of um, turning point, I suppose, in many respects, was, was, were two things. Um, one was I saw an advert in a, in a newspaper, our local newspaper, the Wilson and Brent Chronicle, that Bronsbury wanted some young kids, and this was sort of under 10s. And I thought, oh, Bronsbury, great. Well, actually, Bronsbury, from where I lived, I could actually get on my bike and it wouldn't be a problem. The trouble was, Bronsbury create clubs in South Hampstead and South Hampstead create clubs in Bronsbury. So that all sort of caused a bit of confusion because I had to then get on a bus uh, or I needed something to take me there and back because Cricklewood was quite a long way away for a sort of 10-year-old, although you could get on buses those days. And... And I, and I arrived at Bronze Creek Club, and, and from then on, I met a guy called Ted Jackson and Peter Ferrara, and they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, Ted was six foot two, a bit of a beard like yours, Johnny, and he, he would bark things, and he was so enthusiastic, and he frightened some of the kids, I have to say. But, you know, I just love, you know, the, 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 the ability to be able to go up there every Friday and play. And the other thing which was quite interesting was at my primary school, Wickham Primary School, um, we never played cricket. Um, then all of a sudden, I had a geography teacher that came in. But this geography teacher was a lady, and she came from Sri Lanka. And she said, why don't you play cricket? So for the last sort of, I suppose, bit and a half of, of uh, my primary school, we started playing against other schools. And that, that was a huge thing, because obviously playing in a team, playing against other people, you're getting out of school. So all of a sudden, that bit of, if you like, responsibility, that bit of ability to do something different in your school. And actually, I wasn't the brightest possibly at that age, but, you know, it gave me a bit of kudos in the school because I could play cricket, I could, I could whack it. It wasn't a problem. Um, yeah. And so that helped my work, actually. It helped my helped my schoolwork, and, and, uh, and they then knew they had a bit of leverage. If I didn't do my homework, then I wouldn't play in the cricket squads. or, or, or And so it, it really focused the mind on, on getting the work, <laughs> as it did in, 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 in obviously, yeah. Uh, the secondary school I went to. So Mrs. Collister um, was, was a very, very important part, as was Mr. Guy called Mr. Gordon Griffiths, who was my geography teacher, funnily enough, at secondary school. And he he, uh, he ran the football and rugby. And so I just got on his back and said, we've got to play some cricket. So um, we did in about year two or three, when my brother joined as well. We started a our own cricket team. We ran that. So that, that was really the sort of broad base, but, but really... Pinning all that together was Bronze Recruit Club and the fact that 
I got in uh, at a young age of 10 uh, with, with a coach who was just huge enthusiasm, loved the game and was prepared to go the extra yard with, with somebody who he thought was, was worthwhile. Yeah, it's really interesting to see that Bronsbury still gain and still thriving as such a club. And I suppose I'm, what I'm interested in, Mike, is understanding how, obviously, you, you were successful when you played at Bronsbury. How did the transition from club cricketer to professional cricketer work when, when you were playing cricket? Because nowadays we've got academies, you know, people are scouted at a very young age. Was that the case when you were playing or things changed vastly? There was a man called Don Bennett who was hugely, hugely influential in that, that second stage, that, that stage between school and school and, and first-class cricket. But also, you got to remember, I suppose, um, for me, um, and again, it was it, it's a bit like the cricket you play in South Africa and the cricket you play in Australia, it, it's, it's different. And in, in the club cricket in that part of the world, you're playing against test cricketers, et cetera, et cetera. So my test cricket is actually, because I started at 13, were these very good, if you like, minor county players who played a lot in club cricket, a lot of very good club cricketers. And they used to practice on a Friday and they used to, you know, again, used to do 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 the right things. And I was always playing with people who were stronger, faster, fitter. So, again, I had to, I had to adapt to that. And, and I suppose because... I was always around grown-ups playing cricket at a very young age. That possibly helped the transition. But the transition from, I suppose, club cricket to to second-level cricket, um, and second-level cricket was quite good in those days because a lot of the overseas players played in second-team cricket. A lot of minor counties guys played in and out because there weren't that many on the first-class squads. Uh, and so they needed to get a lot of people from outside. So the second team cricket was always very strong. So that also helped too. So going up that level, um, and I remember going out to play my first game, I think I was about 15 or 16, um, in the second team game at, at uh, Ealing Cricket Club. And uh, we were playing Kent. And they already come along to see this supposedly wonderful young cricketer that, that Middlesex were about to um, unearth. Um, and I walked out first ball. John Shepherd was bowling, the West Indian guy for you know played a lot of time for Kent and Gloucester and lovely man Shep. And I, I still play golf with him now. He's a fantastic man. I remember him running up bowling, and I got played forward, and it swung, and it nipped off the pitch, and I nicked it first ball. Caught, caught Nichols bowled Shepherd, um, naught first ball, and I walked out. And I walked back in, and that's when I started to understand a bit more about what a team meant because when I got back to Bromsbury. You know, they said, look, you know, don't worry about it. You know, had you been in for got 10 or 12 and then got out? It's the first thing we get. And they were so good. I mean, I was I was like, I like I wanted to disappear because I'd cry out and I was so nervous and, and whatever. And and, uh, uh, and you, you realise in the end, even the great players are nervous. You know, you ask people like Tendulkar or the Riches, and they say if they're not nervous, they, they say that's not right. You know, you should always be nervous because that means you really want to do well if you're not really caring about it, you know. You know, we're all nervous. So, you know, you, if you knew that when you were sort of a little bit younger, you, you might have sort of found out but and maybe done a bit better and realised everybody's nervous, actually. But, you know, people deal with it different ways. Um, so so for me, the, the group of cricketers were my, well, my my first cricketing family, the Bronsbury guys who I played with playing out. And that's quite important to feel part of the family, I think. And that's why if you have a good team... Um, they work well together and they're 
but you need lots of different people. You can't have the same sort of people. Um, you need different sort of people. You need spiky people. You need quiet people. And, you know, there were those sort of things. And so you understood that. And, and, and you learned that if you just sit down, like I used to in the bar, with my half a shandy, and as a 14-year-old just listening to these guys talking about cricket and the passion and the fun and the love they had for it. Um, it, it was quite incredible. And so you learned and understood a little bit more about the game if you wanted to listen. When you talk, Mike, about needing people, obviously cricket, I think it's obviously getting a lot better and the PCA do some fantastic work these days around player mental health and support networks for players and whatever. Cricket, quite famously, I think, had the highest rate of post-career um, suicide, suicide. Um, for a period. Do you think, I mean, what it, it must be about leaving what is such a strong bonded environment with, like you say, these squads of people. I know squads now are much bigger than they used to be back when you were playing, but do you think that is the reason where people fall out of that kind of structure and being around those people to, to basically just going back to the four walls of their own house? Yeah, I think it is. Um, when you get into a, you know, and, and it is those journeymen cricketers, sadly, who, who are the ones that, that suffer. Those are sort of sort of on the cusp, on the fringe, etc. And, 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 you know, when they're so used to sort of almost like living with, in fact, you don't, you live more time with your, with your cricketing mates than you do with your family, sadly, if you do play professional cricket and do tour. And, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. And when the wages were so low then as well, um, I know you could buy a terrace house at one stage for about 500 quid. Well, that's how old I am. You, you remember back then and you, 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 you know what, what goes on. But the fact was it was about turning up You'd have breakfast with your mates, you'd have lunch with your mates, you'd have tea with your mates, you'd go out and have a beer with your mates, you'd go home, say hello to the lovely lady you married who's, who's just about to embark on a, on a, on a, on a, on a journey, sadly, if, if people do well on their own with the kids, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, um, and that was it. So you'd get up in the morning as well. You'd say hi to the missus, kiss the kids goodbye, and then off to work. And then you, you you wouldn't see the kids because I'd be in bed by the time we got there. So the family really was the team. And I can understand that because you got in a way, you know, though you didn't have, say you didn't have time for many other mates. You, you may be here and there, but your mates were the cricket team. And then all of a sudden it's taken away from you and there's no need to go into work. There's no need. And then you've got to start making other friends. And, you know, a lot of the time when people retire, Having not, I mean, for example, I mean, the the pension fund that that, that that people had in those days was absolutely disgraceful. And I got a very good bit of advice early on was to start your own one up. But some of the monies that, that guys got when they finished were not very good, and they obviously relied on the on the on the testimonials and the the benefits and whatever. Um, and you know, if you didn't invest that wisely, um, still you had sort of you know. 30 or so, 30 or so years to, to actually live. And, and, and the pension mm -hmm. wasn't that. And you had to get a new job. And there wasn't the PCA around then. So you had to rely on mates to a certain degree and, and people to, to, to help you out. Um, fortunately, in London, there's a, you know, if you played at Middlesex, there were people, if they were that way inclined, a lot of contact in the city and whatever, whatever. Um, and it, you know, for some of them, it wasn't too bad. For others, it, it was, it was, not their cup of tea and they couldn't do it. And finding jobs at that age was difficult. 
and then they couldn't cope and if they've got young families and bits of, so sadly all that sort of stuff and of course there were the odd predators out there when they saw somebody with a lot of money with testimonial money they'd say oh come and join us you know we need a and of course in the end it's their friends sadly or supposedly their friends and they don't help and they always destroy them um and I'm not saying that's all in all cases, but generally speaking, you know, and the other side of it is is the physical side of things. You know, people were, were you know, had, had injuries and a bowl through them and they, they weren't all this help around. And then all of a sudden they've got to go into hospital to have something and, you know, it costs them an arm and a leg, sadly, a lot of the time. Sorry for the pun, didn't mm. make that. Um, but, you know, it's a serious, no, cause it's a serious subject. I mean, they would, and they, you know, when you talk about knee operations and stuff and how much it costs and the money they didn't have, and of course, mm. it just sort of uh, made it very difficult. But now the PCA are doing many things and have done brilliantly over the last, you know, 20 or 30 years, which is, you know, educate guys at a young age so that if they do come out of the game early, they've got something to fall back on. They're looking after other players, obviously, through the, um, foundation with regards if people do fall on hard times they can help them they can help people have operations and and get things done so there's a lot of huge huge amount of difference and I, i'd like to think we, we won't see that too much more now because you know um it was the people who gave their lives to cricket almost that in in the, in the era probably before us um, although there were sadly two or three notable ones whilst I was around, um, that, that for, for, for different reasons, um, sadly we couldn't save. As you say, most of these guys that you play cricket with become your mates. If you look at it from a corporate point of view, most of the people will call them colleagues. How would you say, or how did you become a leader of people that you were such good friends with? Is it something that you just naturally sort of grew towards, or, or was it something that you were thrust into? You know, where did that leadership attributes fall for obviously captain in Middlesex and then moving on to captain in England later on? Where did those um, attributes come from? I think people, other people, to a degree, decide whether you're going to be a captain or not. There are times when you, you, you see, um, you know, someone like Michael Aston having something written on, his, written on his case, you know, future England captain sort of thing. Um, Feck, so I mean, that you know, he was called Feck because everybody thought because he was that bright and he was this, and he was going to be a future England captain, which is, which is quite true. So, in my case, um, I, I never, never really thought about being captain really at any stage. Um, although I seemed to be put in charge of teams because maybe I was, I don't know, I was, I was stronger, probably heavier, whatever you want to call it, you know, people. People just said, you, you do it. You're, you're prepared to say a few things, and some of the things I said probably wasn't very good. But so, so people tend to pick the captaincy. Um, the reason I got it at Middlesex wasn't because I was first choice. Um, Embers was, but sadly he had a mishap, as I did later on in time. When we went went away to play in a in, in a team in, in South Africa, and the club didn't like that. Um, and so when Breers retired. They were going to give it to Embers first, I think. And then they, they said, if it doesn't work out, then we might want you to do it. Then all of a sudden, phone call comes in and says, um, we want you to do it. Now, prior to that, um, I was, you know, Don Bennett was always captain of the second team because he played with us. So he was always captain, so he didn't really need anybody. And then if it was somebody else, it was one of the senior guys because I was certainly too young, that's sort of 17, 18. 
And then I went over to Australia and played grade cricket for two or three years. So um, once I started playing in 76, which which uh, meant I was only 19, I went over to Australia, played grade cricket, which was, for me, where I learned a huge amount in, in inside sort of three summers out there that I, I helped me enormously to get to where I got to, to be perfectly honest. Because one... Um, it gave me another insight as to, again, what different levels you need to play at because, you know, my first match as a sort of 20-year-old in, in 77 because we just did the, the back end of of, of, uh, of that summer. Um, well, 76, we did the back end, so it was 76. And I, it was, was Thompson and, and Pascoe who were, you know, playing in the test team and, you know, obviously later to play against both of them and... This is sort of a 20, 21, 22 year old. Um, so the, the time for me at, at Balmain Creek Club was, was just enormous. Um, and I learned a huge amount. Unfortunately, I was out there with Bill Athey, who was playing for, for Manly, and Beefy and, and Graham Stevenson were down in Melbourne. And it was a really good scholarship. So we got out there to play in cricket that a lot of the time, and our cricket in County Creek was quite strong then. I felt was probably better on, on a regular basis. And and the way they practiced, they didn't practice every day, they didn't practice twice a week, but it was full on. They didn't care who you were, whether even even their own test players, you know, they were human. You know, they didn't didn't so the so right, we're playing against him today, but we bowl them a decent point and get them. They were just these sort of mental sort of scenarios that they had that, you know, they didn't care who you were and, and you know. But if you if you earn their respect, it was huge. Um, and you know, over the sort of three summers I played there, and it was broken up by going on an England tour as well, um, which I obviously learned a huge amount from. Um, and when I came back for the third time, they they wanted me to be captain. Now that was possibly unheard of over there having a, an English as a captain, um, but I did it, um, and I got good support, and you know. We did things as I felt that were fair. That's what I did, you know. And I, I, as I always looked at it, as a, you know, treat people the way you'd like to be treated yourself. And if there's a hard decision to be made, you've got to look people in the eye and say, look, you actually really know why you're not playing because you ain't playing very well, sadly. And we, we've got to give something else a go. Um, I don't like hearing it, but they do, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think yeah. they appreciate people just being honest with you, you know. Um, so I suppose that's the, that's the way I did it. I wouldn't ask anybody to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Um, I tried to be honest. Sometimes it's only very short because I'm not a man of a lot of words, but um, it was just to the point. And I allowed, as we'd always done at Middlesex, uh, and Riz encouraged this, was people to have their say. And if they wanted to have their say, that's fine. But you might not like the reply, so be careful about what you do say. Um mm. But once we get out of the dressing room, back on the pitch, we're all playing together again. And I think, you know, that sort of... Um... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ethos we had in the team was, was fantastic, um, but we did have a, a very, very good team. So on one hand, it was lovely having the, a team like that, but there was a lot of very strong characters. So you had to, you had to stand up for yourself and, um, and you needed some support from the others in the team. And again, that's where I was very lucky. We had a lot of good senior guys who, because we had one guy that wanted to be captain and was never ever going to be captain because the players didn't like him. Well, I won't say who that is, but, um, uh, and so therefore he was never going to do it. And, but he had, had trouble accepting that. Um, and he was always, you know, quite, um, he was never, never what I'd say destructive, but just annoying. And he knew he was being annoying, and he wanted to be annoying. And 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 um, um, but he was a fabulous cricketer, and you'd always want him in your side. So you know that was another lesson you learned very quickly: is that you know as captain, it's not always going to be easy with people. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to put up with. You're going to have to treat people differently uh, because everybody is different. And you want that in a team. Actually, you don't want everybody agreeing with you. And, Everybody's sort of saying yes, 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 captain. You want somebody to be well. I don't think that's right. Or and you have a you can then have a, a sort of a, an open discussion. But but say this is this is a this is a closed room. What's said in here stays in here, and you're allowed to say whatever you like. And it doesn't matter what you say. And if you're criticising me, it doesn't matter. That's that's you can do that. Once we get outside, we're doing it together. And, and, and it was a really good unwritten law and it worked really well in our change room. But there were a lot of fantastic cricketers. When you talk about following Mike Braley, he was obviously, you know, lauded as a master tactician, as a captain, and probably not, you know, obviously a great cricketer in his own right, but probably known more for his skills as a, as a captain. How did you then go about... Um, running that middle Middlesex dressing room, was it a case of, right, okay, I'm now going to do something completely different and put my own stamp on it? Because, you're, you know, you're known to be quite combative and quite, you know, strong as a character and whatever. What what was the, how did the dressing room deal with the, the kind of two different types of captaincy? Um, Bruce could be very combative if you wanted to be, I can tell you. He could be very, very, very cross and very, I mean, the person concerned and, who I haven't mentioned is used to have loads of stand-up arguments, and, and and they didn't really, you know, get on. And it was and, and Bree's got very frustrated and uh, whatever with this particular person. But um, so Bree's can be very combative too, and he and he, he, he you know he can get very cross if 
you know, we were doing silly things wrong or simple things wrong or doing it too often. You know, you didn't mind making a mistake first time, but you've got to learn from it quickly because good sides mm. do that. You don't, you don't keep making the same mistakes. And, and that's the sort of thing. You get. So they had a little bit of breeze. You could be quite, quite feisty at times because you have to be. Um, but generally he would, he would, he would like to sit down and, and so, but he was a good with people because obviously he's a psychoanalyst. So he knew how to deal with people and he knew. So for me, I just had to be me. I just had to say to the guys, look, you know, I'm trying to be as honest as I can with you. Um, I'm going to be me. I can't be Breers. So you all know. Mm. Um, I've grown up in this dressing room. I think we've got a great dressing room and I think the way it works is good. So I'm not going to change that. All you've got is somebody who's going to be a different character and maybe do different things different ways occasionally. But we've got a good thing that works, and it'd be stupid of me to try and say I'm changing everything. So you know, because they were such good players, I could do that. I mean, you know, as as other players came in, as I'm sure they'll tell you, the youngsters they thought it was bloody hard changer. It was, and you know, he had to be full on, and and it actually made them better players because they had to learn quicker, and they understood said that to learn quicker. And you know, what we were doing was was good because we were successful. Um, and there are a lot of actually good sides out, you know. I mean, we always com- competing with Essex and you know, the Lancashire Yorks. I mean, county cricket was strong, even you know, all went down basically. But um, in the eighties and and, and, the, and and the early nineties, was really strong with all the overseas players. Sometimes we had two, but we had overseas players for whole years. You know, you had half the West Indies squad all playing for a whole year. Um, you know, so you didn't miss anybody. And then you had a lot of the South Africans were coming over all of a sudden. Um, and the Australians were thinking about it as well. And um, then you get the odd Indian, Pakistanis would come. I mean, it was just a fantastic uh, place to play against all the very, very best in the world. New Zealanders came over who were who were always making the most of their ability. And, and for a small country, turned out some absolutely amazing players. Hadley, Turner, Crows, I mean... You know, all, and the guys are still turning out now. You know, it's just fascinating how an island like that does it. So I had to be me. And, and people, I had a lot of chat with people. Should I try and do things different? They said, no, they know what you like. Um, and if they don't like it the way you do it, they'll tell you. And you won't do it for very long. But, you know, <laughs> um, simple as that. And somebody else will have a go. But, yeah, uh, I was second choice, but... I didn't really want it. Didn't I? Wasn't I? Didn't covet it like one or two did. Who, who really wanted it? I, I was just me being me, and, and 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 wanted Middlesex to do well. So I was happy to do whatever I needed to do. For me, getting runs was was that catching catches, getting a few wickets. That was what I wanted to do. I just desperately wanted to play cricket, and, and that's what I stuck stuck my mind to. You've played for a few cricket clubs throughout your career, probably one that we haven't mentioned so far, uh, and probably arguably the most important is the Lord's Taverners. Um, you played for them at a very young age. Talk us through when you started, what your role was within the Taverners now. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I suppose um, I, 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 coming from a, a sort of a, a background as I did in, in Wills in North London, uh, the rough end of Wills and not, 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 not the Wills, <laughs> Wills and Green, the posh end. It was it was it was Wills and it was next to Hulls and it was quite a rough area. So, you know, I, I was I was I felt very lucky to be being able to fall on my feet by going to Bronsbury and and people helping me. And if it wasn't for help from those, it was I, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have got through. So I knew how important it was for kids 
needing a bit of a, a start. Uh, and, and, and a lot of the time when I, when I saw the taverners, they were trying to help kids in schools or whatever, in schools, cricket was there, and also clubs. And that's all we used to really do was supply kits and bits and pieces. And then the great minibus came along, which was fantastic. So initially when I joined the Lord's Taverners, it was about helping club cricket in school, cricket kits in schools. And then, of course, disability came in as well. Um, and so for me, it was about trying to put back something into the game by raising money to help support the kids uh, in, in the schools uh, and in the clubs because the clubs were so important. Um, as we would find out, because obviously during my time playing cricket, we lost a lot of school playing fields. We, you know, cricket seemed to fall out of schools and upstep the clubs. And the clubs were absolutely fantastic and took on a huge, huge role. And so I, I just felt it was a great charity. We had some fun as well. I mean, God, we had some fun um, playing games with, with different celebrities and, you know, we'd wander up and, you know, you see Eric Morecambe and you go, oh, my God, I've just, just seen him on TV. And he's always saying, oh, my God, I'm getting he's playing. It was just quite an incredible sort of um, friendships and, and, and mutual admiration society for a little while. But they're all keen on just helping the kids and getting kids off the street getting and playing cricket. And I think I think the big thing for me that I've always said is that, you know, team sport creates really good human beings because they don't they don't um, suffer fools gladly. They want to play together. But, you know, you learn to play with each other, although some might be different, some might not. You get different colours, different creeds, different different religions and different ways of doing things. All that you need to cope with when you go out to work. You know the discipline, the winning and the losing. Um, you know, if it's not if, if you you go work with someone, you got to work with someone. You got to find a way. You got to find a way in cricket. If it's difficult, you got to find a way. So, so for me, the tabs was 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 really the first time I'd belonged to a club, if you like, um, that 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 was that was outside of a, a sports club. It was a, it was a, it was a members club with different people, businesses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, you, you would listen and learn and, and, and pick up things from that. So in the end, it was a bit of a, an education for me as well because I was just a North London boy. I'd left school after I'd done my O-levels. <clears throat> um, I was okay. I, I, could, I could read and write and do a bit of maths, count up to six anyway. Um, and, and, and so you, you, would, you would just then start picking up things and learning things. So I had a bit to learn because, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, when you went to universities, they used to love going to the universities and talk to the young kids who were who were sort of, you know, doing their, their bit and, and how they found it. And you could see them turning up, having had a late night and they've got dirty, dirty green trousers from two weeks ago and they only do their washing. Uh, and yet they were doing degrees and, and, and playing for you at the same time. But, yeah, getting back to the tabs, uh, you know, for me, it was about helping the kids and, and it was a great, great, way of doing it you you know you turn up to dinners having a bit of fun meeting new friends meeting new people and so as time went on um uh, you know I'd, I'd do as much as i could when i was playing <coughs> trying to get other other cricketers involved as well was, was important because we always needed cricketers sadly you know towards the end like everything it changes you have to morph and you know uh, tabs have done a fantastic job in morphing because of governance issues you know you know you, and that that has been to me one of the biggest things that we, we've had to change, and, and COVID in, in effect helped, which was governance 
you know, the EDI, the safeguarding, data protection, all these sort of things that you need now to be really on top of. And of course, as times change, there are more and more charities and so you're always competing with lots, lots of people. So I tried to, when I finished, to get on some committees. I was always, always in and around the Creed Committee. Um, they then said, would you become a trustee? And then you were on the main main board and then there were, you know, sort of, uh, and again, that was another bit of an education for me. Um, but all the while I was trying to sort of keep cricket at the forefront in, in the tabs and, and, and um, you know, keeping the main thing there. Um, and after I'd finished, I got found myself working with ECB and one of the big things that ECB couldn't do was disability cricket. One of the things I think we're all very proud of at the tabs is, is we're now running disability cricket for the ECB, which is quite mm. fantastic from where we, we started that that was many years ago, just providing, you know, um, the kits for the clubs and the schools to now sort of running part, a huge part of the game um, within, within the tabs. And of course, helping with the women's as well, because we now play, you know, women are allowed to play in the tabs as well. So we, we started doing that. Um, and I suppose, as I say, the minibuses, which sadly we've had to sort of curtail now because of the, the, the sort of, I suppose, economic climate. So, you know, so as I say, there's lots of things that have happened and, and, and we've gone through many phases, um, but we're still here. We're still running, running well and we've still contributed a lot to the community, especially in the Craig community. And we're always looking to try and help schools and clubs. And, you know, we've got three or four amazing programs, the Wichits programs, which goes into um, disadvantaged areas and, and getting kids out and understanding, getting them to understand the community as well as playing sport and actually getting them into sport and understanding what teams are about and actually making them feel wanted because a lot of these mm. is their problem. They don't, they didn't feel. So again, you're almost going down another different line. Um, you know, you've got the table cricket, which is just absolutely enormous, which is tied with dis Then you've got the, the super one, which is disability cricket. So we've actually probably found ourselves in, in an area which is quite specialised in disabilities cricket at the moment, but at the same time working with lots of other charities, cricket charities, which is MCC Foundation and also Chance to Shine. And we're slowly building up a quite a good um, array of, 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 of groups helping cricket. And, um, you know, because Charles Deshire do a great job, MCC Foundation hubs all around the country um, um, and obviously tabs. So I think we're supporting cricket really well at the moment. And um, although there's always work to be done and it's been just fascinating for me, having been involved for... Um, well, about now, 66. I mean, you know, for about nearly 50 years, it will be coming up, I suspect. Um, and it's been fascinating just to see how it's changed and how I've managed to, to help a little bit along the way. I think, Mo, we could talk to you all day, um, and we often do when we get together. We, we like to show a glass of wine. A couple of things that we're desperate to ask you about. You talk about your role on the committee with the tabs. I mean, you have had a, an amazing array of, of positions across um, the... Uh, World Cricket Council, obviously MCC president, uh, your new role um, at Middlesex. What's one of the things we were talking about off air, which I didn't really know of previous to, to this conversation today? You talked to us about the work that you've done in, t in terms of the growth of the game across Southeast Asia and, and specifically with the Hong Kong Cricket Club and into China 
etc. Yeah, I mean that that came about. Um, we did an MCC tour out there. We we got invited out by Hong Kong Green Job. They were doing a, uh, I think, a hundred fiftieth or something year, and uh, we took a team out. And Melbourne Creek Club turned up. You had Hong Kong Green Club and uh, an MCC, and we played a little tournament. Um, and it was actually they had some very very interesting people. The Hong Kong Green Club, like Singapore Creek Club, was always sort of a like a watering hole on the way to Australia on many occasions, and, and have these sort of outposts where people can go and play. You know, because a lot of people, you know, went from Australia to Hong Kong, and you, you met a lot of them out there who were Hong Kong Cricket Club members because they were working for banks and whatever. But they played grey cricket in Sydney. Same in Singapore. You know, Singapore Cricket Club on the way down. You know, at the hub, um, and so you had many quite influential people, quite sort of. Um, people who were, who were keen to help support cricket. Um, and certainly in this club, a man called Rodney Miles, is, who's been uh, a pillar of, 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 of greatness in, in Hong Kong Cricket Club, along with many other, Tony Malloy and uh, Gavin Erasmus and, and many before that, who, who were very keen on, on getting the Chinese to play cricket before the China came in and, 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 and taking, obviously, Hong Kong back. But... Um, this sort of all started around, around about early 2005, six or somewhere around there where, you know, we saw the women started to play cricket in Hong Kong at that sort of early stage. And and uh, Anita Miles, who was Rodney Miles' wife, started up the girls playing. And, and, you know, Rodney was very keen to try and get some of the Chinese kids off the street and help them play cricket too. Um, and so all of a sudden... Um, they asked me if I'd be a patron of Hong Kong Cricket Club, and I, I, I'm really very, very proud to have been that, and, and still am. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the sort of cricket they do with the kids, and you know, they all of a sudden started building indoor nets on top of the pavilion, and etc., uh, etc. Et um, and so, the, the stuff they do now is, is quite incredible. But they want to do more, so we tried to go to China when I was president of the MCC. Um, Two of the things I wanted to do was try and, as president of the MCC, because I was I lived in Wilsden, literally five miles down the road from Lords, so at Wembley one way and, and, and obviously Lords the other, and um, I'm very fortunate enough to, to be able to sort of end up at Lords. But, you know, MCC did loads of work around the world, and unfortunately one of the chief execs um, came in and um, decided like to do something in the community too. So we got that going, and my other thing was when I was president was trying to... Uh, get, get cricket going along with Hong Kong into China. Um, I met the Minister for Small Balls, Mr. Song, <laughs> at the time, um, and he'd just done huge amounts of work with their tennis and golf, um, and so we decided we'd have a go at cricket. Sadly, he sort of said, well, look, you know, unless it gets in the Olympics, we, we can't do it. But what we did, we went into a lot of the uh, British international schools over there. They're huge. It's a huge, huge business over there, especially in China. So you had sort of, you know, Wellingtons, Harrows, um, Dulwich schools, etc., all round, and the Baldwins and uh, Marlboroughs. It's quite phenomenal. Um, and so we started doing sort of two or three weeks at a time, two or three schools going in there, because they don't don't play cricket over there. And even if they're British international schools, they don't, because they've got a, a group called Fabissier, um, which is a group of all the schools. But they play t-ball for some reason. Which is quite interesting. It's not a bad game, but team ball is is a bit like baseball, but they put it on a stump, they put the ball on, and they do run around. Right. It's a bit like a, an early form of baseball stroke rounders, and they whack a ball. 
the ball doesn't move, so it's a bit like golf to a degree, but the tee's up here, it's like a stone ball. Yeah. And so we sort of tried to get all these tried to get all these guys, English headmasters, trying to play that. But they couldn't because they were in the English group called for PCA, which is a huge group, which is fantastic. And they, they have 10 sports that they, they all challenge each other around the year. And, they, and it is fantastic for the kids. Same little the group. Anyway, um, so we sort of went away and, 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 and sort of after about four or five years, and then the COVID came in, so we, we, we sort of sort of stopped. But in the meantime, we, we, we sort of, been to places because of the um, the people enjoyed us having us there, I suppose, and teaching the young kids and, and some of the older kids that this game cricket uh, and because it's an English game, then headmasters talked at these these games and all of a sudden we're sort of in Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, um, and, and then obviously Hong Kong and Singapore, and it, it became a sort of a bit of a thing. But let's say COVID interrupted all that. And we had tournaments going in Thailand. Thailand was fantastic. I mean, they really got into it. And the, and the Thai women now apparently are pretty good, as were the Chinese women, I might add, when we, when we, when we arrived over there in the first place. So it won't take much for cricket to certainly get started in, in, in either of those countries. And, and Thailand, as I say, the women now are doing quite well. And China are rebuilding. Uh, there's other stories I could tell you, but it'd take too long. But the real nice thing is is that um, Mr. Song, we've, we've now got cricket in the Olympics um, for 2028, and I hope China actually start taking part because it is a great game. Um, so, yes, um, there's there a lot of people who have been very helpful trying to get that in, and, and we pushed very hard. And so when I was chairman of the MCC World Cricket Committee, uh, another great privilege to have done for six years. That was one of our things, trying to get pre in, in the West Indies. And Hugh Robinson, I know, has been a, been a huge, and yeah. Sepco, Hugh, Hugh Robinson, been fantastic um, in helping us do that. Uh, and I know there was a lot of work going behind the scenes. Um, and it, it sort of kept teasing us for, you know, from about 2013 when we started. Um, and, and we finally got it through. Um, so, you know, cricket... On the Olympic stage, once every four years, fantastic promotion for the game. Uh, and for me, um, it, it's really quite nice um, to see that there. And hopefully, with Brisbane being after LA, that will stay in there. And then maybe, apparently, India are going to put in a bid to have it uh, after, after Brisbane. And so we could have three years of cricket, which would be, you know, great for, say, promotion of cricket around the world. Um, so, yeah, so Hong Kong uh, has been... Um, you know, the second, if you like, uh, club that I, that I love being a part of. It's it's a, got wonderful people in there who, who who provide a home for the for for the for the wandering businessman and cricketer who who want to go. And for any wandering cricketers that are passing through, they're very very sociable and hospitable. Um, and and they they too want to see cricket um, try and help make better people, um, which will help. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Life. And the world. And the place. Yeah. It's always good that, Mike. Bringing it a little bit closer to home. What's your plans this year? Obviously, you mentioned a little bit about Middlesex there. Um, you know, Tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah. Yeah. For my sins, um, um, I've been around... Because uh, I worked for the ECB for about seven years as, as, uh, in charge of recreational cricket in the UK, I couldn't actually get involved with Middlesex because of the conflict of interest. And um, I was getting very frustrated sitting on the back sidelines, seeing a very talented Middlesex side not doing as well as they, they might. Um, so when I finished the ECB, I thought I'd try and help, but we haven't got very far. But this year they've made me cricket chairman um, for the professional game. Um, so it's going to be quite a big job. Um, we've got some talented cricketers and we just need to get something going. Uh, winning is a, is a, is a habit. Um, and you need, need, you know, you need some, obviously some good players, which we've had. We've never quite got to where we perhaps should have done. So I'm hoping, you know, we can just have a look at, at a few things and, and see whether we can tweak a few things just to, you know, get the penny to drop and, and, and actually start playing well again, because, uh, it's a great place to play your cricket at Lords. I mean, a wonderful privilege um, to have played there for many years. Uh, and for, for the Middlesex guys, it must be lovely. I mean, I, I can't believe you don't love playing at Lords. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there's lots of there's lots of things that, that need to be done. Um, I'll, I'll hopefully try and help get it underway. I think it's not going to be a sort of a year or two job. It will, it'll be a little while, but... Um, you know, and got some good memories of how we did it in our day. I know it's different these days, and and um, there's lots of other obstacles that are in the way that that weren't when we played. So yeah, but it's still about the people. It's still about mm-hmm. the people who who play the game, where they have the pride and the and the, the you know the, the want to be accountable and, and the discipline and, and 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 the desire to to really be the very best they can be. And so it is. It is always down to the, the individuals themselves. Um, and, well, the team, and you know, uh, people say you know um, the team's about the individual, but the individual's also about the team, and those individuals make the team, as the, the team makes the individuals if they do well. So it, it's a bit of again chicken and egg situation, and um, I'm just hoping that we can we can sort of spark something that will will ignite, and we've got some good young players coming through, so you know we, we need to uh, to really um, have a good look and see how we can make things better. As, as somebody that plays in the Middlesex League, Mike, I uh, wish you all the best. Um, yeah, as a keen Middlesex supporter, I will be keeping a, clean, a keen eye over the next few years. 
Well, I can, I can tell you, you, you will be, we will be more visible around the around the leagues, and we will be playing against um, hopefully some representative sides um, from the league uh, on a more regular basis to play against our second team and some of our first team players, and we'll be visiting hopefully the clubs a bit more as well, trying to find out how we can help and where we can get to, and also help try and help them make some money as well along the way. Um, so there's some really good things. Uh, hopefully, we can get get uh, as I say a bit like the team rebuild and and, uh, and, and reacquaint ourselves with, with the people that uh, we need hugely because you know club crew provides a, a great service to, to to the communities and um, and without the clubs you know creep wouldn't be there and without the people who, who give up their time to uh, to play and uh, help others play uh, a lot of, of the time so uh, I know it's so my my point of view is much much appreciated uh, and, and much needed uh, because they are, as I say, a place where kids are safe and they can learn to be better human beings. Uh, Mark, do a quick last one from me. As I say, we could talk to you all day. Um, as a, you know, you've you've been an England captain. You're obviously you know a globally known uh, face in the world of cricket. And yet didn't come, you know, there's a lot of things aimed now at cricket and the England team about being full of public or privately educated kids. And that's a world that you obviously didn't come through. You came through the, the kind of state school system, if you like, and it was your talent and hard work that got you through. How, how important is it that at some stage we try and get cricket back on the state school curriculum, do you think? And what benefits could that have towards the professional and international game? Look, I, I think hugely, um, and and it's it's one of those things that we're always battling with. Um, I, I wouldn't, I mean, you know, you, you can't blame. I don't think the ECB for the fact that we've got a lot of public sport boys in because it isn't played in in, in state schools, um, and therefore, you know, we're very lucky that we've got some very high quality kids coming out because they've got great facilities, they have the best coaches, so it's not surprising we get all our best players or a bulk of them from there. Um, but if we can get it back in the schools, um, and again, now the women women girls are playing, and it, it, it's now recognised and supported by Sport England now, the women's game, and they've taken rounders out of schools and, and, and put cricket back in as, as, as a sport. Um, we should be aligning that with the guys as well. It is very, very important because, you know, the cricket clubs need kids coming through to keep the cricket clubs going because we've got a, a, a you know, it, it was actually very fascinating that when COVID was on and nobody could get out, um, these, well, I'd say closet cricketers, all of a sudden after two years doing nothing, all of a sudden they all came out to play. It was quite incredible yeah. the size of, you know, there were so many players. Now sort of two years down the line, clubs are back to struggling again. Because I've got the people that go in, so the schools are always a huge, huge part, and they, and they don't have to be the very best cricketers. They don't have to be cricketers. They can be scorers. They can be umpires. They can be be coaches. They can be they can help at the ground. They can do the bar, as long as they're involved in cricket, help the clubs because the clubs have lost one of the hugest revenues, and, and it wasn't you know drink driving has, has really taken out a huge sort of plus also the demographics of. Of a community that, that that doesn't drink, which is fine, that play a huge mm -hmm. amount of cricket, and so therefore, you know, one of the only ways clubs generally made their money was was from behind the bar and social. So they've had to change the way they work. So a lot of the a lot of the school, a lot of the clubs have now got sort of um, Montessori schools in, or they do, you know, all sorts of other functions. So people have to think differently. So 
even if you don't like cricket, you, you could actually help cricket clubs if you've got a good mind for, you know, organising functions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, again, for me, it, it's about putting people into teams and not gangs, which is a, a, a lovely sort of scenario we have at the tabs is that, you know, school, school, school sport, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Team sport is good. Individual sport is slightly different, but team sport is good. And playing in teams, and, and the great thing about cricket is you don't need 11 all the time. You can have six side, you can have eight side. You can play individual, you can play single. You, you, there's all sorts of games you can do to enjoy. So, And you can do them at school. You can do them inside. You can do them outside. You can do them in playgrounds. You don't need green grass these days. So, you know, there are car park leads in, 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 in Lancashire where all the taxi drivers play in car parks after work, you know, where there's nobody in, in, the, in the car park. So... It's a, it's a wonderfully adaptable game, and it, and it's a team game, and you make friends. And when we talk about the mental health of people, you know, having having friends and playing in teams and, and having somebody to talk to um, is so important. And, and, and for me, that's that's part of school's education is trying to get people to work together and try and get them involved. And so, yes, it, it is hugely important. How successful we would be, I, I don't know, because, you know, there is so much in the curriculum these days that people are there. It's about time, and you need time, and you need you need individuals. And so, you know, where we used to have PE teachers stay behind and practice with them after school, you, you know, we tried to set up after-school clubs. Even that came across difficulties because of the insurance and kids, et cetera. So there are things there, so we have to do it in school time. So we have to somewhere find, you know, we used to have whole afternoons of sport. We don't anymore. Um, and mm. I think we're worse off for it. And that's any sport. So I, I appreciate there's only a certain amount you can do. Um, football's easy. People like that. Rugby in certain schools would like that. But cricket cricket is one of those that, again, um, is, 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 a, is an amazing sport because it's, it's hand-like coordination. It's moving balls. You're always doing something. Um, and yes, it, 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 it does enable you to make friends like any team sport. So how we do it is, is a different question. Um, as I say, chance to shine, go to schools, tabs go into schools. We're all trying our very, very best, but we need some help from the government to understand. And I really do think sometimes they don't understand enough about how much a lot of this obesity, mental health, uh, and making good human beings sport and team games can do for them. And it would save them an awful lot of money somewhere along the line. Um, and you might as well spend it enabling people to play sport if it's not in clubs, which is a generally a safe environment, uh, and we try and make it as safe as we can, and also sport at schools where they have, again, environments that are safe, well-regulated, and they're the, they're the places that you can do it. So why are we sort of, you know, stopping, you know, places that are safe from playing sport if only we need to spend some money on somebody organising whatever sport it might be after school or before school? You go to all these schools overseas, they all, they're all up at six in the morning swimming in their swimming pools or they're playing football or whatever before they go into school and then they do it after school. So it can be done. It just needs a bit of money and it needs a bit of faith. And if you can do that, you'll have less kids on the street in gangs, more in teams. Not everybody likes sport. I understand that. But it should be there because I'm sure that 
50% of people do like it. And that's an awful lot of people and an awful lot of kids who won't then get into mental trouble or obese, or et cetera, et cetera. Mike, uh, look, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. As I say, we could sit here and talk to you for days, quite frankly, about the sport. We've got all love and the terms and whatever. Uh, but really appreciate your time. Uh, hope everything goes well with Middlesex this year. No doubt the three of us will get together with uh, Mr. Gower and others for the occasional lunch throughout the summer and some nice events. But uh, yeah, really appreciate your time on this cold January morning. Pleasure, John. Nice to speak to you, Eugene. And um, keep, keep up the Middlesex League, mate. We've got to keep them going. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Cheers. Take care, fellas. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.